Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in to my channel, She Who Speaks is the Name. And today I will be talking about how I turn my pain into power. In episode one, I explained about how I was lured into being sex trafficked. I shared two of my experiences. It was really a touchy subject again, um, but now I will be sharing my experience on how I am healing from those experiences and how I am remaining and how I'm turning my pain into power. Um, first, I want to let you guys know that it has not been an easy journey, and every day, um, I wake up still with the trauma and um, the PTSD that comes with it. For those who don't know, that is post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and some forms of that comes with depression and anxiety. Um, for those who do not know, I had um, a rough experience when I was young with my uh, family where I was taken away at the um, age of nine and I was placed in the foster care system um, and all throughout that experience was really tough traveling to different homes being in different foster homes being disconnected from my family members um at a young age really put me in a space where I've always been alone. Being in big social environments and groups makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, I've always been, um, I guess you would say, I, I guess you would call it introvert. Um, but I have broken out of that shell. <laughs> I love engaging with people and being in positive environments and making big impacts on people's life. And just, I love to make people happy and to see people happy. Definitely not a people pleaser. And um, I just enjoy brightening, you know, up people's lives and vice versa. Again, that is one of my power tactics, um, sharing my experiences and connecting with others. So I was taken away from my family. Um, my mother was diagnosed with um, paranoid schizophrenia. She was placed in a mental hospital for a total of 13 years at the time I lost all communication with her she only had one visitor which was uh, my grandmother which was her mother I had four well three other siblings at the time that was close to me that that lived with me I have other siblings that was um split up as well or was in different homes with you know their other family members 
Um, I was split up in the foster home by myself. I normally connected with my older sister since she was away and my two younger sisters at the time were placed together. Um, we were all in different locations. I know the first location I was in was in Surrey, Virginia. Um, as well as my other sisters, they was in Smithfield, so close to that. And my older sister, she was in the downtown areas of Newburyness, Virginia. Um, with that experience, throughout middle school and high school has always been a struggle. Um, had um, counseling all throughout my life. And um, I didn't know the effects that it will have on me now. And it doesn't, you know, it really doesn't creep on t- up on you until you get older. And you realize what took place, what's happening, what your uh, siblings was going through, what your mother was going through, you know, the trauma, the pain, the not having the support from the family, feeling alone, feeling like no one cares, and putting yourself in environments that you don't need to be in. And me having that um, awareness now really plays a big role. And um, it it all just start to crumble down on you. Um, I'm old enough now. I'm on my own. I'm very independent. You know, I take care of myself. I'm very strong, very powerful. So I'm I'm here to be the voice for those who aren't heard and who would love to be heard but don't have that motivation and courage to go and to um, put the content out there. So um, I'm definitely a survivor. I'm definitely am a survivor. Again, I said I am definitely in a survivor. And you are too. And um, for those who know, being in the foster care system is not an easy thing. Being stripped away from your family for years no contact, no no phone calls, no pictures, no visits, no birthdays, no holidays. And I'm not saying it's similar to the military because at some given point of time, you have that contact, you know, to see that family, to hear from that family, to visit that family at least once. And to be in an environment where you're stripped from your family, like they never existed, to have your parental rights stripped down you don't have a mother you don't have a father you're the system now you're being placed you come with one pair of shoes and one outfit with nothing and you just dropped in someone else's home and you follow their rules and that's been happening to me for years and um I couldn't say that at times I wanted to give up I wanted to hurt myself um Having that mental impact on you at this young age, um, I told myself that I was going to be strong. I told myself that I was going to make it. I told myself that one day I will speak up. One day I will be heard. And today I'm doing that. And um, I faced a lot of challenges. I faced a lot of 
experiences that um, make me think, that make me um, very aware and kind of paranoid at the same time. <laughs> um, like, again, like I've been in a lot of homes where it's sensitive uh, subjects to cover where uh, I've seen man, uh, the worst. I've seen foster families and other children in the foster care system try to run away, try to escape. Uh, for instance, one of the girls that was, they were planning on escaping, you know, the three sisters. One you know, well, I guess they were being mistreated in the home, and the stepmom didn't really like them, and they were eating food she was feeding them, and one of the girls had ended up passing away in their sleep, and, um, you know, that experience really, like, hit home, because I'm not saying that that woman done that, I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it, I mean, it's just like, it's an ex- a situation and experience that no one should encounter because that person is gone. And the hatred, the, the environment where most um, people have a strict diet, um, not even diet, like a regimen for foster children. They only feed them what they want to feed them, like a piece of bread or oatmeal or drink water and then that person you see them and other people you know five course meal so um it's a lot of trauma and experience that affects that person um through their adulthood and how they're being mistreated um how people are being raped and taken advantage in the system men and women and it plays a big role on how people are being treated now and um I'm sharing this experience because it's going to lead up into how <clears throat> I am um, handling my situations now because through all the experience that I've been through and the trauma, the counseling, the therapy, the evaluations, social workers, so case workers, mentors, CASA workers, you name it, all the workers I had, and my anxiety was still up to the roof. My um, depression was taking over me, and it really impacted me because at the end of the day, I still felt alone, and I didn't share too much of that with anyone while I was in middle school and throughout high school because I didn't want to feel weak. And I don't want to be taken advantage of. Um, But now in the realm of dating and um, how that's playing a role on me now is really affecting me. Because I've always had to plan ahead and think ahead and to be aware and to be alert. Because it um, being in the foster care system, it uh, taught me that you are alone. And you have to watch out for your surroundings. And I've always been told that you have to grow up. And, you know, they apologize, but they're saying you have to be an adult. You know, at the age of 12, I was told I have to be an adult. I have to think like an adult. 
I had to search for cars. I had to look for an apartment. I had to think ahead of time. I had to think beyond time. And um, I'm really blessed for that opportunity. Um, Like I said, it's a blessing and a curse. I don't believe in the curse um, aspect, but I do believe that it's taken a toll on me. Um, But it actually helped me to um, seek out the people who are, uh, like I said, are not good for people, you know, in society, being um, the kidnapping, the sex trafficking. Um, I was definitely lured in to be in sex traffic twice. I was in an environment um, with family members as well where I was molested by majority of all of my uh, well, not all of my ma- majority of um, a few cousins, men and women. Um, I was basically, um, you know, molested by one of my um, mother's husbands, nephews. You know, it, it and like I said, I was a kid. And the trauma um, of seeing family members who engaged in activities of um, sex. Um, I've seen prostitution from family member of friends where a woman would just sell her body for money or food and it would be different men and she was homeless hiding and sleeping behind sheds and asking for places to stay and she had a mother you know but her mom just didn't want her around she felt like she was old enough and she was only 17 she wanted her to get a place and being in that environment seeing those things um I was around uh that environment where women and men were traffic um and the prostitution was heavy. Um, having, you know, family members where there were selling their bodies for money to make ends meet, stripping, doing house parties, being on back page, um, doing what they have to do, basically, like they said, to survive. Um, I noticed one time, like, I didn't know my cousins, they would get into men cars, and I'm young, and they say, hey, get in the car, so I get in the car, I remember one guy didn't want to let us out, and I was, I was a kid, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what happened, how are we going to get out of this situation, and we had to walk the rest of the way, and I noticed that I was in situations where I couldn't defend myself because I was a child and I was placed in those situations um but I was always in that environment where my mom wasn't there to protect me and this is a really serious situation because most parents are not aware of what's happening to their children what they're being exposed to what situations they're in who are there around, family members as well, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandpa, granddads, 
you have to be alert you have to watch them and leaving your children with people that you think you you know and you trust um even i mean children that you are ba- you know that are there that are theirs and you're babysitting and you know you're, they're sleeping over you have to be careful cuz they could be being touched and also um it's really sad but most of the, the siblings um the guys or the girls they will, they will touch each other um so being aware and putting your children in environments you have to ask them questions and you have to inform them and educate them and knowing hey this is wrong don't if something ever occurred speak up um if someone talked to you in this way if you're out and someone tell you get in the car or take this drug or drink this or just come on don't go you know scream out and call for help so I'm sharing this experience with you guys because I had to uh, go through the experience I talked about how I was with a friend and we were going out to the Walmart and to you know get some some things and we hopped in the car with someone that we knew and he refused to let us out the car I also shared that um I was walking during the daytime, and both of these times occurred in the daytime, and um, how God was trying to lure me into his car while having his private out, and he was asking um, for directions for pizza. When I was on, I was very unaware of what was happening inside the car, and I didn't know if he had a weapon inside the car, but I knew that he didn't he was trying to lure me in and engage me in the conversation while he was just asking for directions and he had his private exposed and he was not trying to let me go home he was trying to lure me in which is called sex trafficking which is human trafficking which is prostitution which is modern day slavery to sex acts so i want you guys to know that I'm speaking up on this topic because it the experience of being a child going through the trauma with my family with um with my mom not knowing the things I went through and what I've been exposed to and um her being there and then her knowing some of the things that I went through and how I felt defenseless and she didn't protect me. Um, and how my experience has affected me now where I had to, I've had to turn those experiences in to protect myself. So I had to turn that pain into empower and protection for me. Um, I wanna say that all of this has taken a toll on me mentally because um through my experience even in high school um dating has always been a thing where we had to be a certain age like I was allowed to date at the age of 16 and um I'm sharing this experience because I feel like I we as a society we're exposed 
so young to date and to engage with the um, opposite sex at an early age. I even think that it was too early for me now, just looking back. Um, at the age of 16, I was able to date. Now, mind you, I had previous experiences way before. And mind you that um, my previous foster moms never knew that I was molested by family members. Um, I was I was not sexually active, um, but I was talking to other guys. Um, I had so many crazy events that I could can't wrap my head around um, and they didn't know anything about me and I didn't know anything about them but the thing is at the age of 16 I really didn't know what dating was I didn't know what um, what it, what I had to do what it was going to entail I just knew the physical aspect because that's what I was exposed to even though I didn't do it right away. It's just, I didn't know that um, basically the parent had to meet their parents, meet the guy, if, if like hanging out, you know, all of those things. All we know is that we're in love and this is my boyfriend. So from 16 to 18, um, during that time of dating, I definitely was exposed to um, sex trafficking when the guy was trying to place me into his car. Well, what boy, I was in his car and I was with uh, my best friend at the time. That was my first experience where I, that person was refusing to um, not let us out the car, not let me out the car, and how there were guys on the other end of the spectrum waiting for us um between that time and that age which passed that I on the street um it really traumatized me into you know catching the bus walking out to the bus stop we walk out to the bus stop late at night and the parents are asleep you know, there's, they're careless. Um, I say this now because children are being trafficked and taking as they're going to school, walking by themselves, standing at the bus stop. You know, there's people waiting for them. Just, you know, they know that they're going to be out there and no one's there to protect them. I've always had that sense of looking out, being aware running screaming making sure i meet up with my friends and i'm coming let them know that i'm on the way you know i've always had that sense of urgency and protection and i'm really protective over my friends and uh, family i make sure they get in the house safe i have that um role where it's like oh text me and make sure you get in the house safe even with men too like we have this thing we're okay they'll be okay he's a man he's fine anything could happen to that man like we have to protect our men too but that's another topic but just, just I'm really protective like so I have that from that experience um mentally dating for me now while I'm in my 20s um has really took a toll on me because once I was out of high school and going through that experience, um, 
I always felt like, uh, you know, guys, they they couldn't, they wouldn't understand and they couldn't understand because they never been through what I've been through. And I didn't want to put too much pressure on them. And I knew for me mentally, I had to get my, I had to find a car, I had to get my place because I knew that I wouldn't have a place to stay. And um, at that time, at the age of 17, so 16, <clears throat> I was almost sex trafficked. 17, I got kicked out of my foster home. 17 and between 18, I was looking for an apartment in a car. Um, at that time of 18, going on 19, I had got my first place. And um, I was in a toxic relationship after high school. And that person basically um, didn't know anything about me. I didn't know too much about him. I did share experiences with him as I was in foster care, but I never shared the deep uh, trauma that it caused. And honestly, dating guys um, that I dated, they didn't want to hear too much. It was too overwhelming for them. And um, their experiences was very overwhelming for me because we both never got to the root of the, our problems it was always swept under the rug and I'm not saying most families sweep things under the rug but African-American families we don't talk about our issues we don't talk about mental illness we don't talk about PTSD anxiety uh, depression we don't talk about past history we don't talk about health we don't talk about none of those things and now that we are and now that we have um these type of programs to talk about it i'm going to be the first one in line to put the content out there and with my family we, we never shared anything we never talked about it we never had meetings um i didn't know too much about my mom i didn't know that she was molested i didn't know that she was raped i didn't know anything about trafficking I knew that she was drugged at one point um, um, when she was younger, you know, with the drinking and um, I'm learning those things now and I'm and I'm and I'm expressing this because it's so important because I'm exposed to so much and my mom, you know, my mom, she, um, she went through so much and it hurts me because she had daughters for from her side and um we never knew any of that and for her to go through that and not tell us really hurts you know because we are exposed to so much and to be queens and and to prepare us in the future and going out into this crazy world, it would have been really nice to know, you know. It would have been really nice to know and to look out for certain things. Um, and from the father aspect, too, you know, fathers playing a role of, you know, going to church, we, the whole church mentality, put God first, you know, watch out for men, do this, do that. 
but it was never really um, planned out. It was never in this experience, this is going to happen and you need to prepare for this and I'm going to help you prepare for that. So both parents were never really there. And I'm speaking out to you guys, let you know if that is your situation and you don't have family members to come in or parents to be that role model that you need, I'm letting you know it's okay. You're not alone. And um, going back to the story, the mental aspect has really shaped me into who I am. My experiences have really uh, prepared me for what's to come. And um, dating, like I said, has been a crazy experience because I've been through so much and I'm really cautious of a lot. Like when I was dating, I had a guy and most guys that I did was two who I had stayed with me at one particular time and they would love to have company over. And I have a really big issue with having company over because I'm, I'm not too fond about letting people into my home that I don't know. I really love to get to know people for who they really are. I don't like having parties unless I know the people. And I like to get to know people. And you'll never know somebody in three months, six months, or a year. <laughs> so, um... That didn't last too long. Um, and again, a lot of people who did came in um, into my home when I was dating, things will end up missing. Um, there'll be fights. There'll be people getting too comfortable, the jealousy, the envy. Um, and I had to re-educate those who didn't have those experiences as me. And being exposed to so much, it frustrated them because... I wasn't living in the moment and I couldn't have fun and I was too serious still to this day I say I'm too serious and it's just like I'm not serious it's just I'm very cautious because I have to be I have to be and I'm saying that for anyone you have to be cautious you never know people come into your home people are getting killed people are getting shot up you don't let any and everybody into your home, not even in your mental space, because they can destroy that as well. So with that being said, the whole dating room was crazy. Um, letting people into my home, I'm very cautious about that. Going out in public, um, if I'm in public, I'm with you. Uh, I'm not really too big on fun on like meeting others. I'll engage and talk here and there, but... I'm not really big on like, oh, I first meet you and boom, then we all hang out or I invite you to my room or I even had an um, event where I was with family and the, the guy had invited us to his room and there's some guy that we had met at the breakfast uh, event in the hotel and they give out free breakfast and drinks and all that. And I wasn't too fond for that. I'm not I'm not engaging in those activities. I'm not letting you know if I'm alone. You know, none of those things. Um, with me, I do have a... Uh, I realized I had a lot of anxiety um, when getting overwhelmed. Because my family now, um, when I age out of foster care at the age of 21, I, um, 
had an opportunity to engage and meet some of my family members and um still to this day a lot of my family members um argue and they fuss and fight a lot things I don't know pop up um it's a lot of triggers like with my mom have an episode because she doesn't take her medication She'll go and say, you know, she's with the FBI, she's trying to fight, she's trying to use weapons. It's like all those memories come back. So I suffer a lot from um, the anxiety from um, that and then reliving and rehashing those experiences. Also, I would like to say that I was really depressed because... I didn't know what was going on with inside me. I didn't know that I was considered molested. Um, I didn't know what trafficking was. And I didn't know that I was being placed in so many situations, which sickens me that I was in that toxic environment and I was taken advantage of. And that plays a big role on to who I am today and why I'm so serious and cautious and I'm very protective of my of my family, of my friends and of myself and um, suffering from PTSD from that experience, having that depression from the reoccurrence for my family and mentally um, I prepare myself and I place myself into therapy so that's my outlet for me because I decided that I don't want to put my problems onto anyone else and I learned from dating from my experiences there were big lessons that a lot of people are able to understand you and some people do want to understand you and listen to you but they may not have the you know the patience and the knowledge and experience to process what you're going through so I told myself, you know, I'm not selfish. I would love to talk to somebody who could understand. And if I'm ever, you know, decide to date again, um, and when I date, I would love to have a place in the outlet where I can go to someone and have that proper healing. So therapy is my outlet. And um, believe it or not, I am a therapist. <laughs> um and I work with children and I love it and having my own outlet to talk to someone really helps me and doing the podcast as well really helps me and 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 to know that I'm actually helping someone and having people and come in and listen it's really a blessing um so for me what I've um, overcome and has been a lot so I'm in therapy um I am an artist I love to paint I love to do hair I love to create costumes I love to create head pieces I love to paint do body art um, face I love body jewelry um I love to cook I took culinary um, classes so cooking is a really really joyful um, outlet for me 
I put a lot of effort and time and patience. I'm not one when it comes to rushing. I'm a perfectionist. So cooking, um, I do a lot of uh, meditation. And meditation is not sitting down, you know, with your eyes eyes closed. Like I said, I love walks. I love um, painting. I love art. I love poetry. I love podcasting. I just love listening to different, you know, genres of music. I I mostly enjoy um, 432 Hertz music, you know, the instrumentals, no words. I love writing. I love, you know, being out in nature. So those are some um, healing aspects that I do on a daily basis. Also, I love being around others who are very empowering, who love to share their stories, um, and who want to be the voice for others. And I just, I just love being around people where I can share my my experiences. And a lot of people have been through a lot, and they don't share it. They don't have outlets. They feel like they can't communicate and talk about it and heal from it, you know, and a lot of people aren't blessed and have those experiences, you know, with getting therapy and tapping into the meditation and, you know, going through school, healing, knowing that there's something that's not right and stopping yourself when, hey, these are repetitive cycles and dating and I'm keep hitting the brick wall. A lot of people can't see that, you know, so I'm very blessed to have the opportunity and that mentality to know that I need help for myself versus someone telling me you're crazy. You need help. No, I'm able to know that I need to heal from my past. I need to heal from the reoccurring experiences because it's affecting me now. And I know if I don't get the proper help that I need now, if I don't get the counseling and communicate with somebody, and if I hold this all in, I can have a mental breakdown, which most black people, or say African-American people in our society have because we can't have that outlet and we cannot communicate and talk to someone. And it's just mostly um, feeling safe and being heard, you know, not being judged. So, like I said in my podcast, She Who Speaks is, oh, you know, me who speak about topics, you know, on being heard and expressing yourself and not judging. Like, this is an outlet where someone could come in to feel safe, to, you know, come in and live and communicate and share their experiences. I would love to have that well others um so again like um facing my fears and um challenging myself to overcome my experiences so i'm sharing with you guys um my past um being in foster care um and how that affected me and me being homeless and being alone and um, also have an experience of sex trafficking and then the mental right after that being um, 
diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and PTSD from all of those things which led up to, you know, I guess having the mental breakdown, but I didn't have one. I just have really bad anxiety from those experiences. And um, I share that because a lot of people who um, have been in the sex trafficking, the human trafficking realm, they never share their experiences with others. And now I love that we have internet. Um, so a lot of people are putting content out. They're putting their videos on YouTube. They're making podcasts. Um, they're expressing themselves. They're reporting it. They're calling in. Um, they have the human trafficking and sex trafficking, sex trafficking um, programs now. So you can check those out in your community. Um, you also can engage in those. Most of those are free. I have attended a few um, programs. There's actually one coming up as well. So you just call up or you, you know, Google and do your research. Who are, whoever is having um, an event in your community. And make sure you call. Make sure you text. Make sure you get their number you know, their location and name and do your research to make sure that that is, um, you know, a legit program. So, um, again, you can engage and you can um, learn about different tactics that people use. You can be aware of your surroundings. You can know what to look out for. You can know what to do while traveling. Um, also, you can know about friends and family members, and also you will know about the mental um, capacity that it has on you, and also being in that type of situation, because it's really serious, and like I said, I'm turning all of this into a power movement, because mental illness is not just because I was taken away from my family. I was abused, um, you know, in, in the dating room. I was exposed to, you know, I guess prostitution young, at a younger age. I was exposed to, you know, being lured in and sex trafficking at a, at a young age. I was, I was exposed to all of those things, mental illness, depression, you know, you know all of those things it was not it's not just one thing for mental illness it was it's a total of everything so again i'm writing i'm writing i'm reading i'm researching i'm i'm an artist <laughs> like um everything in one and i'm really happy and i can smile and um, also another thing I want to cover, turning my pain into power. When I step outside that door, you know, and this goes for everyone who's listening. When you step outside that door, you make sure you protect yourself. Every day when you wake up in the morning, it's just like brushing your teeth. You make sure you get up, you take care of yourself, and you have a plan, you know. Share your location with your family, a trusted friend, 
okay? Make sure you have weapons on you. Make sure you have a license to carry if you're going to have a gun. Check your, you know, your state laws. Um, make sure you have, you know, like a pocket knife, a razor, a taser, pepper spray. Make sure you at least have your keys on you because you can use that as a weapon. Um, at the time, like I'm telling you, their self-defense classes were like 6 to $9.99, you know, per class. Boxing, kickboxing, archery, you know, any type of class that you can get, make sure you get it. And like I said, when you come, when you wake up and you step foot outside, make sure you have a plan. Make sure you know anything could happen. I'm sorry for you to think that, you know, you don't have to think, but when I step foot outside, I think of the worst because you have to, and you can't trust anybody. You can't trust, half the time you can't trust your neighbors, you can't trust your friends, you can't trust nobody. So I want you guys to know when you get into people's car, if you're getting into Lyfts, or you get into Ubers, make sure you, you check that license plate. Make sure you check their name, confirm their name. Make sure when you get in, check that, check to see if that, you know, the locks on the door can open. Make sure that person is the same person that's in that picture. If not, get out the car. Don't even get in the car. You make sure you see their face. Like, make sure you share your location in the safety tools area, like, so they can keep tabs on you. And if anything happens and they're not communicating, if you feel weird, trust your instincts. Hey, ask, can you roll down the window? And if they refuse to let you out, make sure you open that window. I mean, you know, that window, stick your hand out, open the car door from there and jump out. Like, you you, you want to protect yourself. Also, when you're going to stores, make sure you're not caged in where it's two vans, one parked on the opposite, you know, direction, uh, or you're closed in. Because when you're, when you're driving and you're surrounded, and then it's not even vans, it's trucks, it's Jeeps, you know, make sure you look around to see who's in their car, who's not in their car, who's behind you, who's in front of you, who's on the side of you. And also, most importantly, you know, when you get out, Make sure you look around you. I'm not saying being paranoid. I'm just saying like those trucks, those vans, any type of van, SUV, whatever the case is, people can block you in and they can't see you getting, you know, taken or snatched because of the bigger vehicles. Um, also, people ask you what time is it, the, the directions, they're coming up to you, walking up to you asking hey and they calling out to you keep walking keep walking keep walking like no there's people waving you down hey hey people blowing and beeping the horn while you walking I had that happen to me and it was a older woman and I'm walking and she kept following me blowing the horn blowing the horn and I had to like go into the store and she followed me and as I came out the car appeared again and she's blowing the horn and I, I don't know I just kept moving because you never know why people are you know trying to get your attention and I'm not walking up to the car 
I'm not going, stopping. I'm not doing none of those things. There's numerous of people on the street. You can call 911. You can go into a store. I mean, you can go to a gas station. You can go anywhere and ask anyone else, why stop that person on the street? Because they want your attention. And they see that you're alone. So if you are alone, remember this. Be protected. Be alert. Stay aware of your surroundings. And protect yourself. If you are in an environment where somebody's trying to sell perfume or cologne, don't smell it. Don't have business cards. Anything could be on the business cards. Even if you're in a lift, uh, you know, and one event happened to me, and I'm not going to say the company, but it's a law firm, and you can recruit young people or people in general to this firm. And um, I met this person like two years ago, two, three years ago. And um, he wrote like the company down on his dashboard and <laughs> taped it. And I got into the lift and he was explaining to me that, you know, they he's with this new company he's been recruiting and he's trying to look for other people that's really nice i'm not knocking nobody for their hustle but it was no business card it was no nothing and he was trying to recruit me and i was by myself and he was like yeah um i can pick you up from your house the um building is right next to where you are you know the hotels there we have meetings there and i don't mind here take down my number and he gave me his number. But the thing is, you want to be careful because even though they give you their number and they want you to come out that next day or any other time, they can traffic you right then and there when you get to that event. Um, so you want to be careful. Uh, hotels are known for trafficking. Like I said, people, they'll traffic you, you know, in any environment, at a Wendy's, at a McDonald's. Like anywhere at a 7-Eleven, on the street, friends, you name it, Walmart, Kroger's, anywhere in your friend's house, anywhere, the train station, bus station, bus stop, everywhere. So I want you guys to be aware of your surroundings. When I say surroundings, that mean anywhere. Um, like I said, again, going back to that story. With the law firm, um, I seen on the uh, news that they were recruiting. They were trying to recruit young people. And at the time, I was in college. And just not too long ago, I would say two weeks ago, I had gotten to a lift ride. And I was very cautious. His picture did not look like him. And then he was saying it was old. And I was like, oh, okay, because you look younger. This particular man had the, the sticker on his truck. Um, and he was explaining to me how he used the company to get out of, you know, situations and that he don't need to get into. And he was like, yeah, um, similar to the same guy. Hey, you should come out to the meeting. I know where you stay. I can pick you up. I can take you there. I can drop you back off. This was a white guy. The first one was a black guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He tried to give me his business card. And I'm like, no, it's okay. I can just come to the meeting. I know your name. I didn't want to take the business card. Decline that. 
he was like, well, if I can just get your phone number and your email, I can call you and give you the information. I ain't giving out my phone number, I ain't giving out my email. So when he t- he alerted me and said, I, could, I, knew where, I know where you stay, you right by the building, and I can pick you up. Never, ever have somebody pick you up that you don't know to take you somewhere. You don't know them. So what if they're taking you to a business meeting? You can go to a business meeting yourself. I never asked if I needed, you know, to go out. I never said I needed to ride. This guy didn't even know if I had a car or not. He was just offering me. And I'm letting you guys know right there on the news, that same person, this not the same person, the same event, the same reoccurrence happened to someone, and they got traffic right there at the hotel where they said they were performing construction. And the woman was thrown into, well, the girl was thrown into the car and she was trafficked and never was seen again. So I'm telling you guys, please be careful. Don't get into the car with people you don't know. Like I said, do your research. Know your surroundings. Because it plays a big, big role afterwards on your mental. Like a lot of people survive, have diseases they suffer from um you know mental illness uh, malnutrition psychological like in in the sad thing about it most people are in the sex trafficking and room and dating and they can't date they it's hard for them to get married most of them you know end up having children with the people you know when they're out doing that being trafficked and um, even when there's sex traffic survivors I know a lot of um, them have children and they end up becoming single parents and um, the mentality is really 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 destroyed so again this is my story this is my experience for dating this is my experience for overcoming my pain overcoming the experiences and I know that I'm going to be faced with more challenges but I know that I'm going to be okay because I'm going to protect myself um, in all cases and uh, don't let your guard down and at the end of the day just know it's you against this crazy world and you have to protect yourself and never dim your light and never dim yourself down in thinking that you're being overprotective. Don't take drugs. Don't don't go somewhere you don't want to go. Don't do it. Just trust yourself. So again, thanks for tuning in to She Who Speaks. I will be coming out with another great topic if you would like to share your stories if you'd like to reach out to me please do i would love to listen to you um, you can also communicate with me at she who speaks at yahoo.com i would love to hear from you guys and um thank you for listening and please be safe and for those who don't remember I am turning my pain into power by speaking up, and this is my platform to do so. So She Who Speaks is where it's all happening.
Thank you guys for tuning in again. Bye.